Hello there. My name is D. Yvonne Rivers. I am the host for Birth Moms Real Talk podcast. This is a platform for birth or natural mothers to share about their journeys, to share about their stories. We cover the hot topics, the things where no one else will talk about or go there. We cover the truth. We cover grace and healing. This is a place where birth moms and natural mothers can share their journeys. We are not therapists. We do not give advice. So get your therapist. We listen and we allow birth moms and natural moms to share their story. Listen in. Good day, everyone. My name is D. Yvonne Rivers. I'm your host for Birth Moms Real Talk, the platform for birth mothers to tell their story, to tell their journey, and really to give you the real deal or real talk. You get to listen in to birth mothers sharing their personal story. It takes courage to come on here and share with the world. So happy to have as my guest today, Ashley. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you. Good, so good to have you. And as we just say, this is your time to shine, to give you the spotlight here. We want to hear about your journey, your story, because it's so impactful. I say so many times that women, birth moms need to share their story, even though we're the same as birth moms, but all of our stories are different. Absolutely. Yes. So start sharing your journey. Okay. Um, my name is Ashley, and I, I am not... I'm going to tell you a story about being a young birth mom because I was 43 when, um, yes, so I was a little older, Mm -hmm. but my story is definitely, it's, it's different. And, um, so it, it began, um, I was a child of two alcoholic parents. My Mm -hmm. father was a, um, he was a lawyer and then he became a superior court judge and my mother was a nurse anesthetist and they both were functional alcoholics, but mm. that resulted in, you know, some after effects that, you know, it, it, my brother and I were always alone. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt alone all the time and I was always looking for attention and, mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And, and my dad, he never really had much to do with me until I was in, it was in high school. And he said, well, it's time for you to take your SAT because you're going to be a lawyer. Mm. And, you know, I didn't, the first thing I said was, Dad, that sounds really boring and hard, (laughs) you know, because I had played piano since I was in first grade, and and that was my, I felt like that was my talent. I loved it. That's what really got me going, not law. And so I found myself wanting to please my father because I just wanted some sort of positive attention or some Mm -hmm. sort of affirmation. And so that's, you know, I went to college and I majored in what he told me to major in and I got through that. Um, I took the LSAT, got into Georgia State Law School. Mm -hmm. Um, I finished Georgia State Law School and practiced law for about nine years and I I couldn't stand it. My dad, um, he died unexpectedly the second year of law school. So I had the choice, you know, I had the choice to keep going, but instead I I made the choice to keep people pleasing, even though he wasn't even here. Now, did you get that confirmation from him when you followed that track as he laid out to you and going to college and pre-law and then getting into law school? Did he give you acclamations? 
Oh, that? yes. Okay. Yes. And okay. see, I didn't feel supported whatsoever in law school, except for I got the attention from, you know, my peers. But when it came to my classes, I was average. Uh, I just didn't enjoy what I was doing. It was very mm-hmm. competitive. But my father was always well, for the first year and a half was there mm-hmm. to always say, I'm so proud of you. You are wow. making this family so proud. I, you know, you are a wonderful daughter. Mm-hmm. And I would live for that. And when he died, it, he died unexpectedly. He was a judge. And so it was a big deal in, in this small town where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And so when he died, something just went wrong in my mind. I think mm-hmm. that my self-esteem was just at its lowest and it, it never really got much better. I mean, I, I took the bar exam and I passed on the first try, but I just was not, I was not, I wasn't excited. It was just different. And, um, did you ever pinpoint what that was? Did you feel as if, well, now that he's gone, there's no one else to please? Well, (laughs) yes. And what ended up happening out of all of that was, I was very angry with my father because he I felt like he did not love me unless I did what he wanted, which was go to law school, become mm-hmm. a lawyer. And I felt like his love was conditional. So mm-hmm. that set me on a path of, you know, just some really unfortunate events. Mm-hmm. But um, so the, it started when I was practicing law. I, it, this was all subconscious. I didn't realize that I was even doing it, but I would go to other lawyers and say, you know, that Judge Davis and my dad, you know, uh-huh, um, okay. which defendants did he really hate? You know, and they. <laughs> did you actually they, ask that question? Oh, yes. I would really? say, do, do y'all have, do y'all remember any cases where, um, you know, Judge Davis really put it to the client, you know, and he hated them? And of course, they a few of them were like, "Oh my gosh, yes, remember that so and so, that wow. guy, you know." And and I would go write their name down, and uh-huh. I searched for them, and they were all in prison for things like child molestation and horrible uh-huh. things. Yeah. And so I wrote them. Uh, there's about six people, and um, I said that Judge Davis, he was horrible. Um, you know, he his sentence was bad, and I will help you overturn your sentence for free. And did they know who you were? Um, they did not know my relationship to him. Okay. They just knew it was an attorney reaching out to them okay. to overturn their, to try to overturn their sentence. Of course they're interested when you want to help them. Yes. For free. Oh yeah. yes. But right. you would be surprised. You would be very surprised. I've got, let's see, I got two responses from two females, which said I deserved every bit I got and I appreciate it, but no, thank you. Okay. And you know, then I got a response from what some people would call a monster. I mean, and he wow. said, I, I deserve my sentence. I'm going to die here, and I'm okay with that. Okay. And then we have the other guy that writes back saying, well, my sentence is, you know, I think it was good, but send me a picture of you. What's up? You know, like, you, I mean, I bet you're pretty and all this stuff. You know, it was terrible. So, Ashley, you, you took that other road, that other side of the, the road down Yes, I okay. did. Okay. I did. Yeah. And it's 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 so unfortunate. And what happened was the guy that that wanted the picture mm-hmm. <laughs> ended up becoming my husband. Um, we had two children together. And yeah, but back up. You got to tell me more. It doesn't oh, yeah. jump from justice letters. <laughs> right. Yeah. You just jumped over a whole <laughs> yeah, lot. Okay. That is rewind so for a right. minute. 
just for a minute. You know, I'm telling you a lot of details, but just how did that happen? Well, we were writing each other for probably about three months, and then I, I was approved to be on his visitation list, mm-hmm. and so I visited him. He was actually incarcerated in a prison that was close to my law office in my house. And so I went over there and visited every weekend and um, thought I was in love. I mean, he actually was a very good-looking guy, but he was a master manipulator, and I Mm. did not know it at that Mm. time. And what I had done was I had done something that would be very disgusting to my dad, you know, and something mm-hmm. that would have really been appalling to him because I was Was angry. that your purpose? Not well, originally. Oh, definitely was not. Was I had no clue that okay. that was what was going on okay. until much later. Okay. Yes. And then finally, um, this, the guy, he was two years younger than me and he was released um, from prison on parole. And of course we, we were going to get married and Mm -hmm. I came up pregnant and we had two children and we had two children together Mm. and we were together for a total of 13 years. Um, but he was not, he was not good to me and he was not pure in his intentions. Mm -hmm. He never was. And, um, one day I was in court, you know, and, and I got, I was pulled off to the side by deputy. He said, I need for you to come with me because um, the parole the parole people have found some things in your home and we need to talk to you. Mm. And I said, what are you talking about? You know, mm-hmm. what, and it had, what had happened is his parole officer had come to the, ha- to the house to do a walk through, like, um, check-in, I guess, mm-hmm. with him. And okay. he saw things out in plain view. And they charged both of us because I owned the house. And Mm -hmm. um, so there I was, you know, a lawyer Mm -hmm. who had a great career. Mm -hmm. And I was going to jail Mm -hmm. with him. Mm -hmm. And he said, of course, he said, I'm going to take responsibility for all of this. It's you don't have to worry. And Mm -hmm. of course, you know, the judges, all the judges that were in my circuit were they thought there must be some mistake because I right. was just sweet. I was sweet. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of lived a double life in that I put up with what I was putting up with at the mm-hmm. house, but mm-hmm. then going into the office and, and, you know, being a different person there right. and like everything was fine. Right. And so what ended up happening was he had talked me into taking responsibility for his charges because they were going to give him what's called recidivist treatment, which means like three strikes and you're out. Oh, because he had been, been charged before. Okay. Yes, okay. yes, yes. And I had never even gotten a speeding, a speeding mm. ticket. And so against my attorney's advice, I did that. And so with that being said, I lost my law license. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to surrender it. And um, I thought, well, boy, this guy really owes me. I mean, he... He's supposed to love me. He better love me because look what I've done for him. And it was such Were a Were you still dark... together after all of this was happening? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. And so they they took my, well, I surrendered my law license. And so I was in, I felt like I was in love with him, um, but I could tell he really didn't love me. And mm-hmm. I was in denial. Um 
so fast forward, I mean, we ended up getting a divorce because my, the remaining members of my family, my mother had already died, um, between this time. Um, and the remaining members of my family and, and my friends, they were saying, you've got to get a divorce from him. You cannot be with him. He doesn't care about you. Look what right. he, look what's happened, right. you know? And so I just didn't listen. I would not listen. And, um, finally I did, I, I, I got a divorce from him and he didn't contest it, but we still continued to have a relationship and, I could see that he was, you know, dating other girls and it was really hurting me and and I just couldn't understand why he wouldn't want me after what I had done for him. I mean, mm-hmm. that was just, you know, a big theme throughout it all. You owe me, you owe me. And so um I be- I started talking to someone else as well and I became pregnant and I told I told my ex-husband that it was his mm-hmm. because, you know, I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be his, you know, and I don't even want to say it, she, excuse right, me. Right, right. You know, I wanted her to be his and there was a small chance there, but it was really the other person that, um, that I had been mm-hmm. you know, dating and, I was older. Um, I, I was a high risk and I was, I felt horrible, um, as far as physically I had high blood pressure and things that I had not experienced with my other two. And, um, so I could tell that he was not interested at all. I mean, he did, my ex-husband did not want anything to do with it, but the, I'll just say the guy that wanted me or wanted it to work out he was begging and begging and I'd I'd tell him no you just stay away stay away so um what happened was the night that um the person that I was dating he actually stood he stood by me throughout the whole thing okay he ended up leaving um, he, he said, you know what, you are in love with this, with your ex-husband and I, I can't do this to myself anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was eight and a half months pregnant. And mm-hmm. so he left and there I was by myself and I was very scared, right. um, very scared. And so, um, my ex-husband calls and I, I told him, I said, I'm so scared. I don't want to have this baby alone because I really did not have anybody. Right. I mean, I had, you know, very limited support, if any. Right. And he, he said, you know what? My mom is going to come over there and get you right now. You go home with my mother, and she's going to take care of you, and she's going to be with you at the hospital, and, sh- and she's gonna, we're all going to be a happy family. And I, I, I couldn't believe it. And so... <laughs> This was the beginning of a of a sad story as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's um, so his mother showed up at at my house that night to pick okay. me up, and she she didn't like me. I mean, for, for whatever reason, she had not liked me. His sister did not like me. He had an older sister. They didn't like me, um, and so her, you know, arriving at the house, it was just like a, a very strange thing but mm. I was so desperate for you know love anything. And to be, anything any support no matter who it's coming from 
That's right. Yes, mm-hmm. any support. And I was scared to death to have my child alone, and for good reason, as you'll hear. But um, she took care of me at her house, and, you know, she was really sweet. And and so my um, my I didn't, like, have to go into labor at home or anything. It was all scheduled. Okay. So we went into the hospital, and all of a sudden shows up um, – his name's Robert, um, the person that okay. I was married to. Robert's sister shows up out of nowhere. I had not seen her in several years, and she did not like me, and she made it clear. And I didn't under I didn't. Did she show up at the hospital when you're giving birth? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. And being sweet, saying, "What can I get you? Oh, you poor thing!" And I and I was having a lot of problems, mm-hmm. you know, during the labor process. Um, my blood pressure was. It was awful. And so she was right there, and she was putting cold compresses on my head. And she was actually, I had to go into an emergency C-section, and she actually went in with me. Mm. And um, I didn't really understand it, but at the same time, I was just glad to have some kind of support. But um, after I gave birth, I noticed that when I was in recovery, um, my ex-mother-in-law and my ex-sister-in-law were gone they did Hmm. not stay to check on me or anything they just Mm -hmm. you know um the baby was fine she had to be taken to the to the NICU for like a short period but did you see her after she was oh I did I did but see it was a very it wasn't one of those happy um deliveries you just come from c-section right number one an emergency c-section where I'd lost consciousness once during the procedure and um it was very very bad Mm -hmm. um just the whole thing as far as like the way that my epidural didn't take so Mm -hmm. I was screaming you know Mm -hmm. because they were oh it was awful so after that whole traumatic experience you know I was alone that night and um they wanted me to to um, you know, try to produce some breast milk for the baby. And, um, I didn't, um, I just, I was hurting so bad. And I just, I was thinking, well, where is my family, this Mm -hmm. family, you Mm -hmm. know? And I didn't see them again until the next day. And I'm approached with, you know, it's my ex-sister-in-law saying, I want to adopt. I want to adopt your child. Mm. And, you know, I, I don't think you can handle this. I, I don't think that you can handle the raising of a child. And, and Now, had you spoke of placing for adoption prior to that? Oh, uh, no. To anyone? Oh, no. I, I planned to okay. keep the baby. Planned okay. to keep the baby, everything. And, and right. so she um, and her brother, my ex-husband, were both trying to convince me that this was the best thing for for everybody please you know we're all going to be a family anyway so it's not going to matter it's going to be an open adoption very so open that we're all going to be like a family unit and we can all live in the same house if needed you know but we are going to always forever be together Mm -hmm. and I believed them and um I had no idea what was really going on, but wow. I, I mean, somebody should have seen, I suppose, you know, when she shows up at right at the time of birth after despising me for so many years, yeah. I should have seen it, but 
I was just so starved for love and, and support. Yeah. And, and she, of what, all the things you went through, too, you know, and actually, you know, you're a listener. Uh, so many times a mom is experiencing so many different traumas. Could you really think straight at that time? Absolutely you not. You know, thinking straight as well as going back to what you just described of pleasing from your dad and going to law school and yes. just a continual, this is just you following along with what you've always done. You're exactly right. And my therapist calls it a trauma response. Okay. You know, okay. she said, I'm not one bit surprised of anything you've mm-hmm. done because it's all trauma response. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, what in, what in the world is she talking about? But mm-hmm. I see now and and the people pleasing was so bad that wow. I was willing to do these things like yeah. that no normal per, quote normal person would do to please other people and especially right. my ex-husband. Yeah. Yeah. And that's codependency at its worst yeah. and mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. finally he manipulated me in the worst way and and just I I gave in and I signed a surrender of rights and but I was told and and of course I had it you know she she said it in writing she said it on the phone she said it that that she would never leave me I would always be part of their family we I mean that she would be sitting next to me at my daughter's wedding that she mm. would you know and and so was it specifically that she herself would become the parent Yes. And your ex-husband wouldn't be part he of it. So correct. he really signed over his rights also? Oh, quickly. And, oh. and come to find out, it was because he did not want anything to do with me. He did mm-hmm. not want to have a child with me. And, you know, he, he he wanted his sister to have a child because she had tried for over eight, oh. I, I mean, 18 years or so. She couldn't have children. Oh, okay. okay. Yes. Okay. And so the plan... And this was the plan that I did not know about, but mm-hmm. found out later was mm-hmm. for him to manipulate me into signing a surrender of rights, and then she would adopt, and they were all going to move away to where I could never find them again. Wow! And they had already started the process, and and it's sad because they thought I was I was not, you know, they thought I wasn't very smart, and I'm thinking you should know that I'm a lot smarter. She had actually told me, you know, I want to move into a home. And I knew that her apartment lease was going to be expiring. So I started Googling and, and I know Mm -hmm. how to look up land records Mm -hmm. as an Mm -hmm. an attorney did. Right. And so I found that she had moved almost, I mean, she had moved a long time ago. She kept wanting to meet me in public places saying you know citing covid as the reason and i noticed that i was getting to see my daughter less and less and it was it started to really alarm me but when so i was did, it a routine after you first gave birth that you were able to see her on a regular oh, basis um, yes i went to her apartment and stayed okay. and i mean it really was like the big happy family thing right I thought. right but then su- it was seemed like suddenly. I mean, it's she was she and her brother were working on me for a long time to sign mm. a surrender, and and don't forget about 
you know, the guy in the background who, right, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> saying now, okay, because see now you're a lawyer now. My mind is going back. Okay. Do they really know who the real father is? Okay. Perfect. Yes. Perfect question. <laughs> and this person, now his name's Tyler, poor Tyler. He's crying. He's wanting to know, I want to see pictures of my baby, you know, and he's Aww. crying and pathetic, you know, and I'm feeling so guilty and deep in my mind when I I mean, of course I saw my child. I knew mm-hmm. that, that my ex-husband was not the father. I knew that it was, it was Tyler because Tyler had red hair and, um, so, so did your ex-husband even question that when the baby was born? Oh, we all knew. A lot it. of times people don't, they don't know who, who, who's the father of the child, but oh, the child comes out with a hair color that's so different than the yeah. family's like, what's <laughs> up? That didn't happen, okay. but we all knew. Okay. Um, we, my husband, my ex-husband and I knew, but he, as part of the plan, he wow. wanted his sister to have a child and this was going to be it. So he was, he was not going to bring that up to her. Um, no, but we did end up having that conversation with her and she said, I don't care. I don't care who the dad is. I don't care what she looks like. I don't care. I want a baby. I don't care. And I thought to myself, you just want a baby. You don't care who the baby is, you know, what, and it, it kind of seemed odd, but then you had Tyler in the background saying, Ashley, if you do not do something or say something about me, I'm going to do it. And I was like, no, please Stop don't, for please. Minute, Ashley. I'm yes. hearing you are being comment all around. There was a circle around you. Yes. Completely from one thing to another. Did the father or the biological <laughs> father was saying, right. I'm going to tell if you don't tell yes. your ex-husband, making sure her, his sister gets a baby. Yes. The sister don't really care where the baby come from. And you, and you left out and you the mother. I'm left out. Exactly. You've got, you've got it right so far. You have, I mean, it's a very convoluted story, but you have yeah. just said it, yeah. that it's what yeah. it was. And I was looked at as the enemy for some reason. Wow. And I didn't even know it because I was being told how special, well, I was a hero oh. um, on Mother's Day, you know, given flowers and a yeah. card and, and just told how loved I was. And then finally... Tyler comes forward because with in Georgia with when you sign a a surrender Mm -hmm. you also have to sign what's called a mother's affidavit and if there's another father you have to list his name and his Mm -hmm. last known address Mm -hmm. and I was not gonna lie so I did and so they had to serve with serve him with process Mm -hmm. and he calls me and he says Ashley um there's two petitioners here it's your sister-in-law and her husband. I said, she doesn't have a husband. What are you talking about? And he said, you know, your yes. life, you know, your story is a lifetime movie. It, oh, you just said it right there. I mean, again, it's a made for TV movie. Yes. And I said, there is no, there's no way. He said, I don't know how else to, to tell you. I mean, he took a picture and you know, his mother so, so told was it, me, was it your ex-husband and, and the sister? What? <laughs> Did I guess? That's a great, well, you have to be married to petition. So, oh, um, okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're, (laughs) that's a great, that's hilarious. But no, um, she had a a little boyfriend that's 20 years younger than she, she's 50 years old. And she she married? She she got married in secret between the time (laughs) that I signed the surrender 
and the time that she that she petitioned for adoption. I'm so on my I, edge. I'm on the edge of my seat, Ashley, waiting for it's what, what next. It's crazy. I mean, it gets even worse. Wow. It gets even. I mean, I know. And so, so basically, I'm in shock because she's deceived me, and I realize. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. I've got to stop this and yeah. see. Once you sign a surrender in Georgia, you're—I mean, it's done for you. You okay. aren't told when the adoption hearing is. Wow. They won't tell you um, because the records are sealed. Everything's sealed yeah. at the courthouse, so I didn't know if the adoption had already happened or not. But I filed, representing myself, mm-hmm. filed a motion to contest the adoption and dismiss. Okay based on fraud because she had right. not told me she was married. Right. And so and so I had to hire a very expensive, very good attorney and mm-hmm. they hired very expensive good attorneys. And through that we um received phone calls because uh, my my ex-husband of course went back to jail at some point, you know, during mm-hmm. all that between he and my ex-sister-in-law and it laid the whole plan out i heard some of the meanest things anyone has ever said about me in my whole life and i thought that was the one guy that would always care about me and Mm. i realized he never did Mm. he never did he never cared about our our children he never cared about anyone I mean, except you were, for you were together, was it 13 years? Yes. Okay. And so we divorced, but we kept on like being together. It was, it was a little strange, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it was strange, but it was. And so his, okay. So his sister is, is trying to adopt my child. And, and finally I have to tell her, listen, I know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you have gotten married in secret. You moved in secret without me knowing. You know, you lied to me. You told me. I, and I had over 17,000 text messages from her Whoa. in that period of time. Yeah. And so my child is, is now two and a half. Okay. And, um, you know, in Georgia, when people sign a surrender of rights, it's like you sign a piece of paper. And, it, and that piece of paper that you're signing it's like it, it this is one thing that I want to change and mm-hmm. it could be maybe the hot topic I'm not sure but mm-hmm. surrenders of rights you, you know in Georgia you have they it was 10 days to change your mind well now mm-hmm. it's four days the laws changed wow. and in four days I didn't find out until much later that that, that there was fraud and so this four was days a trip. from the time you sign Yes. It becomes permanent and Correct. that just close it, no options there. Correct. Correct. But wow. you can in extremely rare cases. Um, in extremely rare cases, you can um, petition based on fraud because it's contract law. Right. Okay. And, you know, and say that the contract is void because of fraud on the right. part of one right. of the parties. Right. And she has entered in she entered into it with what we call unclean hands, which means, you know, dishonesty. But I'm telling you that, that contract, that piece of paper you are signing, women do not realize what that is. Well, you know, I agree with you, Ashley. You probably have heard us talk about uh, on, um, on the podcast about number one, you have the right for representation. Yes. And a lot of moms don't know that, and I've had yes. discussions, and when I would say that, 
even if there is a an amenable period of time of transfer to the to the adoptive parents, they may have their turn. You have your own, so That's you can right. get representation and yes. know what's going on with that. But as you say, that is indeed a hot topic. So we need to talk more about. Yes. But I want to hear what what transpired with you. Have you seen your daughter in the past two and a half years? Well, oh, oh, yes. But okay. okay. So during this time, I was able to get a court order. Okay. That allowed me, um, it it allowed me to call my daughter via FaceTime every night at six forty five. Okay. And I saw her in person every Sunday, but it was entered when COVID was at its worst. Right. And so they yeah. had to be, quote, socially distanced visits. Okay. And, she, and she refused to change that as things were lightening up a little. Right. And, right. you know, and so I never got to hold or touch her. And finally, at one of the visits, which had to be outdoors, so if it mm-hmm. rained, I couldn't right. see her. You know, she wouldn't work with me because she was a spiteful person who knew she had been caught, you know, yeah. I mean, that that I knew. And I was the enemy. You know, she mm-hmm. she would, on those phone calls I listened to, um, I was talked about, like, how bad they hated me. I was stupid. Mm-hmm. I was retarded. I was mm-hmm. this idiot, you know. And I was thinking, how in the world could she love this baby and hate me so bad? Mm-hmm. Because it was, if it wasn't for me... She wouldn't even have her. Right. And so, um, you know, I was tricked. And and so my trust issues with people, I mean, magnified so badly Mm -hmm. that I have not even, I mean, I haven't even dated anyone in in a long, long time and don't want to. Right. And Um, I hear what you said. And first of all, I'm glad that you've been in therapy and you've got to be able to express that. And as you therapy say... That, that trigger trauma, when you've been in something, ingra- I use the word ingrained for so much, you think what is crazy, not crazy. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I so, see the world differently. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But until you recognize, and, and you know, sometimes I, I tell I have my best friend, girlfriend, who's like a sister to me, and I say, and I'll, I'll do sometimes, um, I'm just doing a sanity check. Is it me or is it them? You know, because somebody crazy insanity in check, yeah, <laughs> a sanity check, <laughs> really. And we have to do that because, along with it, and you know, because going back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the hot topic. Is birth mothers? Uh, I say across the board in general, is trauma, is trauma. Yes. And then yes. I go back to now. Your daughter is what two and a half? How old is she now? She's two and a half now. She's two and a half. Mm-hmm. I'll go back again, and you hear me talk about what effect has it had on her as an adoptee. Because first of all, you just described for us what they're saying about you. How is that environment in the home? Because that trauma hits the adoptee heart, that birth mother heart, and you have yeah. to deal with how you're going to heal with that. That's why I say birth mom's real talk is a place of healing and grace. Yes. Because you have to give that self to you, give that to yourself. It's hard, Yvonne, I have to I know. say. I, know. I mean, it's really hard because I, I feel so, I feel defeated. Um, right. You know, this is still new for me. I mean, yeah. I, it, you know, I feel very defeated. I feel alone. I feel, and one thing I've done to combat that feeling of loneliness mm-hmm. is, um, you know, I've signed up for a virtual retreat for the weekend. Okay. 
um, with birth mothers. It's right. a birth mother right. retreat. Right. And so support groups, and I, you know, I saw you speak on mm-hmm. on something the other night mm-hmm. in a group that I that I tuned in on. And so having that support means a lot to me yes. because it's needed. Will, oh, it's definitely it's needed. It's needed. Yes. And it, yes, I have a great therapist. My good. my therapist is she just is so good for me and and she reassures me and she's mm-hmm. she's just the best thing that ever. I see her every week and have okay. for the past 2 years. Good. Good. Yes. Good. And because so, that's bringing it to yourself because you need that, I call it that safe place yes. to share. And that safe, that I consider the support groups a safe place to land. I really consider all the podcasts I do with the moms as an hour of therapy for me because it's yeah. about helping each other. Because we're all in this together. Oh, your yeah. story is different than mine. It's different from yeah. other people. But we all have our uniqueness. But that commonality is that trauma we've been through. And oh, some will yeah. have a little bit modifications. And just as you've spoken about, that's been, I don't say lifelong, but maybe in talking with your dad and pleasing and so mm-hmm. forth, a lot of that is in a lot of birth moms and doing right. things because that's what they said. And we can talk also a little bit more about how society will say things to oh, you. Yes. Oh, yes. You <laughs> not, you know, it, they, there's Where's need to your be child? two parents, not you, and how are you going to do that and, right. and all of that. And that's whether it's coming from your family or anyone else. And when you don't have that support, because right. one thing you said, you said for is I think that you were looking for the, the first person that shows you that support, yes. Yes. be it pretend love or not. Yes. You're going to run to that because that's right. the first time if for a lot of times for people to even say, they like me. Yes. They yes. like me. <laughs> it's so pitiful. I mean, yeah. it, it just sounds so pitiful, but it's the truth. But it's true. And it's true. It's true. Yes. It's and true. the way society views it, you know, people have said, well, where is your child? Yeah. And it's like. Um, I don't want to go through the lifetime story. I, right. I, I just don't, and, it's, and the betrayal, mm-hmm. the betrayal. It, it's mm-hmm. like that has eaten me up so mm-hmm. badly. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to work through that and mm-hmm. um, realize that there are people. I, I mean, Yvonne, I was so I was so um, naive that I did not know there were people in the world who were capable of doing something like this. I had to ask we my don't therapist. want to think that. Mm-hmm. But it does. And one thing I say, I look, and I've learned this through the years, of looking at how people treat you, not how they tell you they're going to treat you. <laughs> so and right. I say love, L-O-V-E, is an action word. I don't want to hear the words I love you. I want you to show me that right. you love me. Because that's a and big when, difference. Yes. And I'm an evidence-based thinker due mm-hmm. to my legal, you know, mm-hmm. and, and when the evidence isn't adding up to uh-huh. what's being said, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, what's going on? And, you know, I just had this feeling right. that I needed to get those recordings from the jail. Mm-hmm. And those told all. Wow. They hated me. From the very beginning. Now you say recording from the jail. That was why he was still in before he, he, he got was in, with him. No, no, no. He was in jail at, a, at during a point in time um, while. Okay, so he was in jail during a point in time when um, Anna, my, my baby, was like in her 
she was an infant. She oh, was, okay. I mean, she so was after born. she was born. Yes. Okay. And so he was talking to her a lot. I was able to find that out. Um, you know, and I was thinking, I wonder what the content of those conversations mm-hmm. are. Because he knows now that Anna's not his child. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and so, um, let's see. To make a long story short, Tyler hires a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And he he's petitioning to you know, to make the relationship legal before the adoption was final. Okay. Because they had to serve him. Right. And let right. him know. Said, yeah. And so he did what, you know, he, he had 30 days to file an action, and he did. Okay. And so that's when the judge said, I'm, okay, well, let, <laughs> this is a mess. Let me figure <laughs> out. But, you know, the, it, the best part about all that, you got at least you and Tyler loving <laughs> Anna want to be with her. Yes. And, and then the pretend, I'm, I'm not, I don't know her name, I don't care. The pretend sister, not the pretend <laughs> yes. sister, but the sister who pretended. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and we're, we're able to connect on that level and we, okay. and we both would cry to each other. But, you know, he, that, that the judge in the adoption case said, um, I need to know who the father is. So right. please DNA right. testing uh-huh. and see they were fighting me tooth and nail on the DNA testing uh-huh. because my sister my ex-sister-in-law wanted to be considered a relative uh-huh. you know because in, in Georgia you don't have to show as much to terminate rights. right because is that called a kinship adoption or something like that? there you go yeah. yes yeah and okay. so she wanted to be a relative and she was a third party period okay. and so we we got the DNA DNA testing done I mean, to their, you know, they didn't want to see it, but he was, you know, the the biological father. Right. And so at that point, he began to have certain rights and certain, Mm -hmm. you know, the judge actually cared what he had to say. Mm -hmm. And I like that because he, uh, my ex-husband, he, boy, he terminated, he signed a termination, I mean, Mm -hmm. quick. Mm -hmm. He wanted to get it done quick, and he was pressuring me and pressuring I didn't have representation and although I was a lawyer mm-hmm. different story because you're involved in it yes different and story you couldn't have yes. that proje- objective projective per, per perspective to really yes. help yourself with that understood understood yes that. Yeah. and he was he was using tactics like you know your thought your dad would be so ashamed if he mm. knew you had a baby with Tyler mm. you know and things mm. like that and I was thinking yeah he would I need mm. to, I need to do this. Mm. And then I had her saying, well, you're, it, I mean, you'll always get to see her. We're all going to be family. I love you. More. Mm. I mean, you're my mm. sister. So, and I thought, okay, mm. an, an open adoption. So, but then things were not adding up when right. I was asking her yeah. attorney, I need to, you know, here's a proposed um, post-adoption contract agreement. Why yeah. won't your client sign this? Uh-huh. And he wouldn't get back to me. And I right. knew I said, you know, why won't you sign this post-adoption contract right. agreement? And she said, I don't need a piece of paper to tell me how to be a good family member. Right. I said, I, but you promise. She said, mm-hmm. you, tr- you need to trust me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, so, you know, and that's the thing. You brought it up, and, and we can sort of summarize and finish up with talking more about the rights of birth mothers. Yes. Of having representation. And I say that as a statement, it's still emotionally hard because they're going through so much at that time. 
than to add on, okay, I got to find a lawyer and whatever. And I yes. put this on the table because, as you know, that I do speaking in different adoption conferences and whatever. And I'll say that people who um, are, I would say, uh, the adoption family or social services of the state and so forth, that is mm-hmm. something that needs to be provided to birth mothers. Absolutely. Put it in front of them. Let them know their rights. These and what are it rights. Means. Rights yes. to them. I'm no different states got different laws, but there should be right. some inalienable. I'm going back to the Bill of Rights now. Okay. Oh, okay. you have a constitutional <laughs> right. Yes, to raise that's your what child. I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Because yes. otherwise, with all the other trauma that's going through, she's not thinking of that. Exactly. The mom's not thinking about, well, I need my representation or if something's laid out in front of you and well, so and forth. Well, and I trusted her that it doesn't matter what that paper says. Right. We're all going to be a family. And that paper said some mm-hmm. some things that were very profound. Right. I mean, that I was ter- I was terminating my parental, yeah. my parental rights, my constitutional right yeah. to raise my child. Yeah. And so it's very important that indigent moms, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're not indigent, all hire moms, a lawyer. All moms. I don't care whether you 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 uh, got the money or not to get your right. own. It should right. be provided. Even yes. if it's with public public defender, not defender, yes. but legal aid, legal aid or whatever. Yes. With that. Because I yes. truly believe that, you know, fortunately that it wasn't that situation for me. I buy right. even at a young, I mean, just as I say, and it depends on, because moms, I'm only going through trauma, but it also based on, too, what that mother has gone through in childhood. And if they've been told, well, yeah. don't, 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 don't make, don't make a fuss now. You know, yes. you can't ask no questions now because you need, you need to go along because we're trying to help you. And right. I was always the one, how are you going to help me? You know, <laughs> well, exactly. everyone's not that. Right. Everyone's not that, but the still, the need is still there. Yes. Oh, definitely. And you know, I have the, I'm, I'm blessed that I do have some financial means to, mm-hmm. to, I want to start maybe a nonprofit of some sort mm-hmm. that will furnish and mm-hmm. the nonprofit would pay for an a, attorney right. for indigent women. Right. It's so important. And, and I know that there is an organization that, wh- that where they have like mothers on the ground or, or uh-huh. sisters on the ground or whatever, okay. uh, you know, that will go and talk to birth mothers and tell them, look, you, you know, bef- they, they don't encourage them to parent, but they encourage them to think very, very hard yeah. about what they're doing before they right. do it. And that's it for, for you to have clarity, have clarity what your options are. Because yes. I'm, I'm believing of two of four is it's that individual mother's choice uh-huh. of that. Or in a lot of times, not her choice, mm-hmm. <laughs> but even especially if it's not her choice for her to know what exactly is going on. Right. So it's not that she's set. And then the, when you say legal contract, and I understand also some states that a like an open adoption, sometimes the contract yes. is not allowed or whatever. It's so you got all of these ups and downs based on yes. where you are or yes. what's even allowed. But you need to know that. You do. You, you really, really do. And, yeah. and it's so important. And, you know, my story I know is a lot different than most. Mm-hmm. I didn't place my child with an agency. I didn't right. do that. Right. Right. But it's still a case where there's a, you know, there's an infant and, and mm-hmm. I'm being told that it's going to be an open adoption. It's going to mm-hmm. be wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I was betrayed. And then the trauma, then what I've done about it. And that's, you know, 
very intense therapy. One, I right. mean, I drive an hour to get to my therapist once wow. a week and wow. back. She's yeah. worth that to me. And I, I have support now, you know, Good. through various support avenues. And, yes. And you, it's so important that if you have done that and you feel that, and I'm sure every birth mother does, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that, that trauma or, you know, that, that regret, not everyone, mm-hmm. but some do feel that regret and there's nothing you can do about it. Absolutely. And so, you know, it's permanent. And so you have to, you have to deal with that. And you, you have, have to, to, I say, get, get your, I say, get your therapy and do your work, <laughs> get your yes. therapy and do your work. Cause we have to do our own internal work too. You know, as you yes. know, for us, we have Birth Moms Real Talk Village, which is a private for us, uh, a group that we talk and we're reading primal womb and yeah. that itself talks you about this trauma that's happened so a lot of times people don't call it trauma i don't know what right. they call it but it's trauma and you have to accept that it for is. that for that child first and for that mother and until yes. you acknowledge what it is you can't address it right and and, yes, and you have to be mindful have to be mindful as well as and being in support groups uh I, I'm, yes. I'm so blessed that i get a lot of uh uh, responses back for the podcast of I've learned this even from adoptees it's like I learn and see mm-hmm. because sometimes and people who are outside of the constellation of adoption they don't realize what right. the adoptee or the birth mom goes through right a lot of and attention is given on the adoptive mom and she's part yeah, of the triad also I know it yes yeah. I see that you know yeah. she is treated like royalty yeah. and people forget about the birth mother and right. It's, but one thing too, that people, I guess, need to, uh, need to see is the, the adoption fraud. It's not just these birth mothers who are pretending to be pregnant and get money and all that Mm -hmm. stuff from, it is also these adoptive parents who are promising these birth mothers things that they don't plan to deliver. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's to me, it's, yeah. it's just, yeah. uh, it's got to be And even though, as you said, for us in fraud or whatever, it, mm-hmm. it's just, I just say it's not right. <laughs> I just say it's not right because you're dealing with the, a lifelong thing of people's feelings and it affects everybody. It affects everyone, affects everyone. Everybody. So wrapping up, what's your summary and the last things you want to leave to, um, leave for the birth moms who's tuning in or anyone else okay. who's tuning in? Well, and for birth moms, please, please, if you feel the least bit of hesitation about mm-hmm. signing that piece of paper that's going to change your life mm-hmm. and, you know, that that's going to change your child's life, it's going to change so much, before you sign that, get with an attorney. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, hopefully there, there will be, you know, court-appointed attorneys or something that where it's not a money thing Mm -hmm. and and that's where i hope to come in one day but you know for the birth mothers if you are the least bit hesitant about signing it do not do it until you get you know the proper legal advice and Mm -hmm. you know that is what you want to Mm -hmm. do absolutely i mean and you don't believe everything you hear check it out Mm -hmm. you know i mean if they're promising you one thing they're promising open adoption then you know make sure and and secure a contract even if it isn't enforceable at Mm -hmm. least get it exactly put it in writing i'm in business i run a business i've been running a business for 25 30 years unless it's in writing it's not so that's right Mm -hmm. and that's that's really all i have i mean i don't have really a whole lot to say 
because I'm still a little bitter with the adoptive parent Mm -hmm. thing. And I mean, it's not that I'm against them. It's just, I really, I feel like my mission is to help a birth mother. Right, right, right. And your story, your story will help. What you just said about Forrest and getting legal, and this has come up in conversation in support groups, and actually I think I was speaking at a, um, a birth mom's conference last year in Florida and same thing. And someone said, when I mentioned, have, did, did, do you know you had the right? And, and they said, no, really? I could have. Oh, yes. I mean, cause they don't think about that. Not only not mm. think about it, but believe, don't believe because understand that scenario is said is yes. like sign. And you know, you can just move on with the rest of your life. Oh, you don't no. think about this child again. All lies. <laughs> yes. All lies. And they, all and lies. they are in torment for the rest of their life. Yeah. Yeah, you know, absolutely. so absolutely. that, and I appreciate you letting me share my story with it yeah. being different, yeah. you know, and yeah. not placing with agency and, right. and things like right. that. But it right. still is; it involves the same feelings. Uh-huh. And it is. That's why I say all birth mother stories are important. All of them, mm-hmm. all of them, because we're in yeah. we're all the same, but we're so different. So we yeah. want to hear those different stories with that. We're, and I appreciate and, and not likewise. Writing. Don't put people in a box or a stereotype. Right. You know, yes. with that, because reception, and I even had a triad, and it was a couple of adoptive moms, and she left that, that uh, Facebook uh, group or Facebook uh, session saying, I had a different perception of birth moms than wow. I have right now. Because oh, people don't wow. know. They get these ideas of how they <sighs> think it is. Oh. Well, learn the real deal. Listen to listen to birth moms real talk. Because <laughs> we're going to yes. share the whole thing. We're going to pull the covers of yes. all the secrets that people are keeping yes, and not holding people accountable because right. if they know they're being held accountable, not to say that it's going to stop anything, like I say, for is with the, with a contract or open adoption and can't see this or whatever, but hold them accountable. We yes. cannot change or, or, or have, we don't do not have an effect on what other people do, but we do have control of what we do That's and right. we stand on what we can ask for, ask for That's what right. our rights are, and what our yes. desires are. We have a right to that. Yes. We have exactly. a right to that. So use your voice. We're not the voice. Use your voice. And, yes. And, and make it loud yes. if you need to. <laughs> yes. And do not forget you have a constitutional yes. right to raise your child and you're giving that up. Therefore, yep. you need a lawyer yep. to help. Right. To understand. So. To under- mm-hmm. Ashley, yes. this has been so enlightening. I mean, I, I, like I say, it's, like, it's a lifetime movie. You know, you're going to have a lifetime yes. movie. I'm going to have a life. We all got lifetime movies. You, you know? have a great one too. Yes, I will say. We really and, do. We really do. This is so wonderful. So thank you for sharing yes. your journey. Thank yes. you for sharing your story because it's the openness and the candidness and the courage you have. It helps yeah. others. People can listen so. to this and they may and not hurt. And it's not a point of not hearing a story like yours, but oh, wow. But I always emphasize, don't take light all of what you've been through. So a lot of things we're not able to do or or recognize because of all the trauma that's right in front of us. Exactly. Yeah. How can we realize this? Did you realize this was happening? No, not really. Because a lot of times you're numb and in shock. Yes. With everything. And you just, and for me, I just wanted to be loved so bad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. Thank you so much, Ashley. Well, You've been listening you. to D. Yvonne Rivers. I'm host of Birth Moms Real Talk. We've had a guest today, Ashley. So 
listen in, like our podcast, give us a review, give us a comment, share your story. We've got all kinds of stories. <laughs> so <laughs> go to our website, www.birthmomsrealtalk.com and submit your story. Uh, support us. If you want to continue these stories to be shared, please support us on Patreon. And Birth Moms, join our Birth Moms Real Talk Village. We have once a month Zoom. We do book readings. get a welcome package. It's like a slumber party. We drink tea and coffee and just talk to each other. So I'll invite you yeah. that too, to Ashley. We'll send you a link to join. So okay. we'll see you next time. Thank you. You have been listening in to Birth Moms Real Talk Podcast, a platform where birth moms and natural moms share their stories, their journeys. If you are a birth or natural mom and wish to share your story, please go to our website at www.birthmomsrealtalk.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Birth Moms Real Talk. Join our private Birth Moms Real Talk Village, a private Facebook a monthly Zoom, a welcome package with a journal and book readings. Support us through Patreon, on our website, or PayPal. We are the place of grace and healing. See you next time.